Hey y'all, happy Sunday. I'm just popping in here to let you know that this episode has a little bit of language in it that is not appropriate for little ears. So if you are around young ones, I suggest putting your earbuds in if you can or waiting until you're alone. Speaking with Trisha for this episode really made my entire year. I love her work with the Nat Ministry and to be able to listen and soak up her wisdom and learn from her was just fantastic. So I highly suggest you grab your journal and pen for this episode and dive in with us. Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. It is so good to talk to you today, Trisha. How are you? I'm doing really good. I've just been having a real chill day, staring out of a window right at this moment. So I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good too. I'm glad to hear you're having a restful day. I cannot wait to talk to you and get into (laughs) rest and communal care and all of the good, amazing things you put into the world. But before we get started, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do? Yes, I am Trisha Hersey, and I am an artist, theater maker, activist, and, you know, just a community servant. I am founder of the Nat Ministry, and the Nat Ministry is a meditation and a organization that uplifts the liberating power of rest. We name rest as resistance, and we believe rest is also a form of reparations. Mm, let's talk about that. I want to jump right in. Rest as a form of reparations. Please tell us a little more about that and why you think it's so important specifically for Black people to slow down, as you say. So please dive in with us. Yeah, I always love to keep uplifting. I'm going to uplift it until I am out of this dimension. But this organization started with me really investigating and honoring my ancestors. And my ancestors are people who were enslaved during the transatlantic slave trade, brought all over the world. My particular ancestors were brought to the South and have a lineage in Mississippi and Louisiana and were enslaved on plantations and became the human machines that capitalism wanted them to be to be able to build up their systems, their economic systems. And so I really started with just investigating and being curious about that. And so for me, through that work, I found and made the connection that rest is a portal for healing. It's a third space that we can go into. It is a form of reparations because it disrupts capitalism. It pushes back against white supremacy. And it's uh, reparations because it allows me to gain the dream space that was stolen from my ancestors for so many centuries, this dream space, this place of invention, this place of healing. Many things were stolen from them, but I love to uplift the idea of a dream space, this idea of this time and space where they could rest taken from them because of slavery and because of their bodies being commodified. So I look at it now as a personal investigation and a personal honoring and remembrance to my ancestors to be able to get reparations for them in this um, realm. Mm, I love that. And something that really called me to your work are the images that you shared on social media of Black women resting, Black people resting, literally in 
rest in Shavasana, laid out, taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And just to see our people doing that, especially Black women, it is something that we don't see so often. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Like, why did you think and do you think that images of Black people, Mm -hmm. Black women slowing down, not doing Mm -hmm. anything is so valuable for today onward and even prior to everything that's been going on in the world? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. To me, it's very intentional. That is what you see on my page. A lot of people think I'm a content creator and an influencer, and I am not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am an archivist and a scholar and a researcher and a artist who really has been very intentional about what I am presenting. Y'all believe this tool of social media in a lot of ways is part of my art practice. It's part of my performance art practice, my activist practice. And so when I started all that research in the archives, um, studying plantation labor in the South and looking at cultural trauma, I was an archivist. And so I was looking through documents and it was very hard. I was probably almost impossible for me to find images, any archival images of Black people resting. Mm -hmm. I, I dug through tons of archives. And so for me to see a Black person at rest, to see a Black woman at rest is really a political statement. It's a liberation tool. It shifts consciousness. It is not just something that I do for not to be cute online to think this is some new content. Like I really believe that the act of seeing a black woman resting and in a rested, reclined, safe space is really an act of true liberation. It is an act of resistance and it is a social justice strategy, really. There is no better time to take your fitness to the next level. And every bit of motivation counts. Like a sweet pair of London's most popular Sweaty Betty power leggings. Make any move you want knowing that your leggings have got your backside. For over 20 years, Sweaty Betty's five-star rated power leggings have helped women crush their workouts. Because no other athletic brand can compete with the Sweaty Betty power leggings. Expertly placed seam and squat tested compression fabric that physically gives your booty instant Stint peach emoji status. Quick drying and pocket equipped, these leggings are high-waisted performers. Take their quiz at sweatybetty.com to find your perfect style and choose from a wide selection of strategically cut patterns. I love these Sweaty Betty leggings because they are high-waisted. They hold everything in place. I can rollerblade in them. I can hula hoop in them. I can do yoga in them and I adore them. So I wear Sweaty Betty and maybe you should consider wearing them too. Now through November 1st, get 20% off of your entire purchase when you visit sweatybetty.com slash heygirl. This is the best offer Sweaty Betty has available anywhere because you deserve to look amazing before, during, and after your workout. Get 20% off your entire purchase at sweatybetty.com slash heygirl. Only until November 1st, spelled S-W-E-A-T-Y-B-E-T-T-Y dot com slash heygirl. Mm, That is so powerful because I've spoken about self-care as community care and for us to show up for our community, we need to show up for ourselves, right? I've loved how you put a post up 
within the past few weeks about communal care. And I want you to talk more about that because I know some people got real triggered, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk more about communal care and the self for a second Mm -hmm. so that we can be fully engulfed in our community healing and our collective healing. Yeah, this individualism that we've been sold as a lie, this myth of individualism, which is a white supremacist myth. It, I mean, African and, and indigenous people and native people know that that's a lie, but part of our colonization stole that from us and told us that we're individuals and we can do everything on our own. Like this myth of individualism mm-hmm. is killing us in a, so many ways. And then pair that with the self-care industry being co-opted by white people right. and also capitalism. And so because of that, I think people have forgotten got the balance. Like, I love how you said self-care is communal care. Community care is self-care, but you never hear people speaking about communal care or a collective care. You bring it up and they're like taking offense to the fact that you're saying, I don't really F with self-care like that. You know, like that's my personal ethos. Like as a person who's creating this rest movement, my personal ethos of this movement in the framework for this rest is resistance movement that I created does not fuck with self-care like that. And so when I said that, I guess they thought that I was saying that they shouldn't take care of themselves and get massages and all that. Like, I do all of those things, you know, believe me, I am the most luxurious, reclined, rested person on the planet, probably. But I'm trying to think about the concept of uplifting communal care and the power and the real energy of collective care and how that's really going to save us. That's movement work. That's community organizing work. That's activist work. When you saw the uprisings happening and millions of people were in the streets fighting against for abolition of the police, like, that was definitely communal care, you know, like, live and in person. That's really what's going to shift things is for us looking at what we can do collectively, looking at the power of our interconnectedness. We Mm. are interconnected. No matter how much we try to act like we not, I don't need nobody. I can do bad by myself. I'm Mm. good. I'm, you know, I do Mm -hmm. this by my, whatever I do is because of me. No, it's not. And that is a lie. And I need people to stop this mean ministry of brainwashing y'all. Like, just because it's on a meme don't mean it's true. And so (laughs) you're being brainwashed by the memes telling you it's all me. This is me. Whatever I do is going to be because I did it. That is a lie. Everything that you do, every connection, the reason that we are even here is because our ancestors were subversive enough, inventive enough, and resisted so that we could live. That intergenerational wisdom shows us that they did some real deep communal care. Me and you to be sitting on this call right now, you know, and so I just want to always take it back because I think uplifting it is a part of our decolonization. It's, you know, it really is to uplift communal care and collective care and to deeply dive into that and to see the importance as part of us decolonizing our minds, our spirits and everything. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about folks who say they don't have the luxury of resting. (laughs) And I want you to talk us through that a bit because I've been seeing folks be in conversation with you about it. I've been seeing the tweets and the Instagram Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I love how steadfast you are like, no, 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 you can't. You can rest. There's always time to rest. That's the lie. That's part of the, I really don't understand the disconnection. I do understand the disconnection because I know social media is the key to disconnect us. And so mm. it doesn't allow, people think it's connecting us, but that's a whole nother lie. You know, <laughs> like, it's really actually disconnecting us and making us not be able to fully critically analyze something in its totality. To do that is going to take a lifetime. It's not going to take one meme that you scroll through and like, and now you get the theory, you understand 
understand the message. You've embodied this. That's not how this works. And so I really want people to know that the resistance part of rest is resistance. It's really, you have to understand what the word resistance means. I've been seeing a lot of people now, because they don't want to say resistance, co-opting my message, they now say rest is rebellion. And that makes me laugh because it's like, you don't even know what the word rebellion means. Rebellion <laughs> means war, baby. Rebellion means blood. Okay, mm-hmm. so go look it up and study the history of what you're saying. Like to resist is meaning you're going to have to be subversive, inventive, push back. This culture will never ever give you the space to rest. Once you Mm -hmm. really swallow that pill, the culture's not going to do it. The culture's in collaboration to get you to work until you die. And then when you die, they'll replace you with the next person. And so Mm -hmm. people need to swallow that pill. And really, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow. It's part of our deprogramming from our brainwashing is that no one is going to give you the opportunity to rest in this culture. The culture won't do that. That's why collective care also is important because we actually can, as a community, help others to make space to rest. That's what the whole NAP ministry is is. It's a meditation on me creating spaces for people to rest and see rest as important. And so to resist is to know that you're going to have to be flexible and inventive to say the time it took for you to type to me that you don't have time to rest because you have a child. Because you could have been resting. You could have been resting. <laughs> I don't like my, I always uplift my grandmother, Aura, who had nine children, worked two jobs, a refugee from Jim Crow terror in the South, no mm. cell phone, poor, poverty, do you know that woman sat on her couch every day for 30 minutes and rested her eyes? And so you telling me now in 2020, you don't have time to rest with your privilege and with all of this new technology and all the way. It's all about choice. It's going to be a choice. You're going to have to choose to rest. And when you choose and refuse, when you refuse to be caught up in grind culture, that refusal mm-hmm. is really the resistance piece. And so people are like, it's hard. I can't do it. That's why it's called rest is resistance. Resistance and refusal is going to be a journey. It's not going to be easy. And so to really be free and to get on our liberation journey, we're going to have to see what it means to embody a message and really make a choice and discern and, you know, be very flexible and inventive and think of all the ways that you can reimagine where rest really can be. You do have time to rest. You absolutely do have time to rest. No, no, everyone has time to rest. When I first saw you share about your grandmother, I looked up her name because it's a beautiful name. It means prayer from what I saw. I was just like, that is just everything. But like, seriously, how all of those things, as you mentioned, interconnect and you saying like an act of rest as refusal, like I'm not going to put my rest on pause. So that I can continue to be tricked by the society that I don't deserve it or that I can't take it. And that it's a luxury It's not, or it's a privilege. It is mm-hmm. not a privilege. It is a human right. Mm-hmm. Stop saying it's a privilege. That sounds real nice and interesting. But to continue to say it's a privilege is continuing to buy into their lie. The refusal is that you're going to have to stop buying into the lie. And once you are illuminated and you receive this new knowledge around it, that's when you can start to embody the message in full. And so I blame these systems you know, for um, tricking us and making us believe these things. And so now I'm really 
wanting people to see the message for its full totality. It is a refusal. To refuse is a political statement. To refuse is a justice movement. To refuse and say to hell, not today. <laughs> it won't be me. You know, it won't never be me. I will never donate my body to capitalism. I will never donate my body to white supremacy. You can't have me, period. Mm. You mm. can't have me. You got to come get me. I will not donate and willingly give it. <laughs> You're going to have to come take me out of my bed. <laughs> You're have to come get me. You won't yeah. have me. And so that's that deep refusal. But yeah. white supremacy and capitalism really takes away our hope. It, mm. it leaves us not being able to imagine. And once you've done that, you really, that is where the real oppression of life comes from, is when you've taken someone's ability to dream and hope and invent and imagine a new world. Once you've kind of taken that from them, you got them, you know? And so my goal and my practice is really to let people know you don't have to go there. You don't have to, you know, be bamboozled by that. Your joy, your pleasure, your rest, your, you know, love, your tenderness, the care that you should have as part of being a divine human being. And so this work is really about uplifting the divinity of human beings. Mm. At the end of the day, it lifts up the divinity. It make, takes you back to your natural self, to who you were before the terror, you mm. know, before the terror of patriarchy and the terror of white supremacy and capitalism told you these lies about yourself like to really go back to who you truly are in a divine sense is really what rest can help us get to it can disrupt the lie and it gives us space to really invent and live in that Mm, space to invent. So as we wrap up our conversation, I definitely want to ask, how is resting or what is resting showing you about healing yourself? Oh, I love that question. I always say, you know, like prayer, like silence, resting has been removing veils for me. If there's a veil over my face and a veil over my eye, and we all have these veils over our eyes because of where we live, because of who we are, because of our place, you know, as a Black person, as a, any marginalized group, there's this veil that has to be placed over your eye. And it pokes holes in that. It removes it. It lifts it up. It allows me to really see who the fuck I am. Once I really know who the fuck I am, a lot of things I won't allow. A lot of things I want myself participating in. I won't participate in, in grinding myself to a pulp. I won't participate in, like, you know, dishonoring my body by not listening. I won't mm. participate in not, you know, showing real community care that looks like real embodied connecting with people and being vulnerable and being honest with myself. And so for me, rest has really allowed me the space to have veils removed, to have these blinders removed from my eyes. It just pokes holes and thins it out. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.